Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast, episode number six. Today's guest is Sarah Massey. She's sharing how she is launching using a challenge and a pop-up Facebook group. So stay tuned. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. We are here talking to Sarah today. And um, why don't you just go ahead and give ourselves a little introduction of who you are. Hey, yeah. Um, my name is Sarah Massey, and I am the founder, uh, well, I'm the owner of Brackenhouse Branding Company and the founder of Simple Brand Academy, which is a course for early stage entrepreneurs who are not quite ready to outsource their branding and design work. And they are trying to um, figure out how to do it themselves while they're just getting started so that they have the confidence to actually be able to put themselves out there with a professional looking brand. So I teach them through my course and some of my other programs. I teach them basics of branding and visuals and how to get clear on what their brand identity should look like and then how to use that brand identity and create the graphics that they need for their business. Right. Well, I believe that is something that people definitely would need. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if we look around the web, you know, a lot of people that could probably benefit a lot from being in your course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I saw a need for it about a year and a half. Well, I've, I've seen a need for it for a long time. I've been doing branding design work for over a decade. And so, you know, of course I can do the design work for people, but a lot of potential clients would come to me and, and need my services, but they weren't in a position financially to hire me to do it yet. So there was definitely a need for them to learn how to do it themselves and learn how to do it the right way. So that means that there's a lot of startups, I guess, then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Startups. Um even just smaller business owners who are just um, a lot of them, actually, a lot of my clients who actually just joined my course, they've been in business for a while, but they've just kind of been, you know, flying by the seat of their pants, so to speak, just kind of getting by without really much of a professional online presence. And so, you know, they were ready to take it to the next level and start to treat their business like a business and not a hobby. Right. How do you feel about, you know, the whole brand identity? How important is that to someone starting out their own business? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of discussion about it where some people say you don't really you don't need a website. Branding's not important, all of these things. And I don't know, personally, I tend to if I'm looking to hire somebody to do business with somebody, I'm going to be looking at their online profile and maybe it's not Maybe they don't have a website and that that's okay for right now, but they should at least have some sort of a professional presence online, whether it's on social media or a website or some other um, platform. I don't know what it might be, but 
they need to at least be presenting themselves as a professional and not, you know, not using generic fonts or old, something, you know, old school that just looks very cheesy and like, like they've just kind of pasted it together on, you know, Microsoft Publisher or whatever. Right. Well, I think it's a trust builder, if nothing else. You know, when you see somebody who looks professional, at least you would think that they also are professional, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that also on the flip side, when you have a professional brand, when you have a brand that really that you're proud of, that you know looks good, that was created with the support of other of a designer or other people who are kind of going through the same journey as you, you get more confidence and you feel more confident to put yourself out there and become more visible rather than just kind of hiding and not wanting to share your information with your friends, your family, um, your potential clients. And I, I see that a lot where people have no online presence because they don't have the confidence to share it. And then they're losing business that way. Yeah, exactly. So how do you go about, you know, getting people to get into a course that you're running? How do you start all, all that process of getting people to join in on this one? Yeah. So I, um, several years ago, I actually, when I was only doing design work, I did not have a course at the time, um, but I knew I wanted to help people. And so, like I said, I didn't have anything to sell them at the end of, I had nothing to sell other than my design services, but so many people were asking me how I created the mood boards that I create for my clients. And I was sharing on Instagram and on my um, business page. And they wanted to know how I did that. And so I decided to put together a five-day challenge inside of a private Facebook group just to teach them how to do that. Just, I guess, out of the kindness of my heart to just show people how to do it when, you know, there was no strings attached. There was nothing to sell. And um, it was really, really popular. I had like, I think the first one I did was in 2016, I had maybe 150 people sign up. It was just organic, just people I knew signed up and did it. And, um, so then I ran another one about six months later, again, totally free. There was nothing to sell. Just more people wanted to do it. And I think I got about 200 people in that next one. And I was, so I kept my free Facebook group open and people were slowly coming in and learning about this. And then I may have done one more, um, challenge in 2017, but then in 2018, I realized that it was time to take it to the next level and start teaching people more, um, branding concepts and design concepts and how to do it. And so I, as I was learning about creating courses and launching courses and memberships, this whole concept of a launch event came up. Like you have to have something to get them in. Like, what are you going to do to get them in? And I was like, well, I've already done these mood board challenges successfully several times. And so why don't I just refine this challenge and use this to get them in the door? So, um, so that's what I did. I ended up turning it into a 10 day challenge at one point and got a few hundred people in it. And I was launching a membership at the time rather than a course. So Simple Brand Academy, which is my course right now, actually started off as a membership. So I did that in the spring of 2018 and I did two challenges back to back. And then at the end of it, I, I opened up the membership and I, and I had 21 people join after going through that five day well, at first it was a 10-day challenge, and then a month later I did a five-day challenge, and I sold the membership to everyone who went through those two challenges, and I had 21 people join me for the membership as a founding member. Cool. So that first challenge, that was with no strings attached whatsoever, and then you kind of figured that you want to 
do the membership after the second challenge, if I'm getting it correctly? Yeah, well, actually, last year, I knew I was doing the membership, but I was still a little unsure of the whole logistics of the launch event into the sale. And so I don't know why I did two challenges, like back-to-back, and then one launch of the membership at the end. I'm not sure why I did two of them. No, it just happened. (laughs) I I don't know how it happened. It wasn't really planned very well, I guess, but the people loved it. They, you know, they, and so I got 21 people to join. How how was the 10 day challenge in terms of the five day challenge? Did you see any different, you know, in terms of engagement or anything like that? Yeah. So the 10 day was a little bit more work and they, so the 10 day challenge was more work and it was a lot more steps. I actually lost people halfway through it, like people dropped off because they couldn't keep up. It was too much for them. Mm-hmm. So then I um, was like, I need to go back to doing it in five days because that was easier for people to keep up with and actually finish the challenge. So what I did was I turned the 10-day challenge. So there was five extra lessons in that one. I turned that into a paid upsell. So now when people sign up for my free five-day challenge, they can choose to buy the 10-day challenge, which I've turned into a mini course from $17. Oh, clever. Yes. So that's how I got my $17. I just took that 10 day, turned that into a mini course. And part of it is free. But if you want the whole thing, and if you want it all at once without waiting those five days, you can pay $17 and get it. Right. And $17. I mean, what is that? That's, you know, peanuts. Right. So that's- yeah. And so actually that $17. So then, um, you know, I went out and I've launched it several more times. And and I started using ads earlier this year and that $17 upsell ended up paying for a lot of my ads. Right. Yeah. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. So totally. So what happens, you know, once you've you know done the challenge and you get people engaged in the Facebook group, what's the next step? Um, okay. So now let's kind of fast forward to like skip over the whole membership So it was a membership and I had some membership growing pains and eventually turned it into a course because it made more sense. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask why it made more sense to make it, you know, into a course instead of a membership? Well, because when I launched the membership, I started creating the course one week at a time. So one module at a time I was releasing to them every week and they did amazing with it. But then when I launched the membership again, three months later Mm -hmm. and new people came in, they were overwhelmed because there was all of this course content in the beginning. And then I was still creating new content on the end. And I didn't have like a good success path nailed down. I had a success path, but I didn't share it the right way with my audience. And what I realized was I was actually creating a course on how to create your brand identity and how to create graphics around your brand identity. But then in the membership, I was also adding in, all these random videos, like showing them how to implement their branding on, you know, their scheduling tool, like Acuity Scheduling or Dubsado or mm-hmm. ConvertKit, or like there was all of these different platforms. And I was showing them how, and it was just becoming too much. And so I really found that in order for them to get any value out of the membership, they needed to go through the course first mm-hmm. and just the course and not be distracted all of the other things that were on the back end of the membership. Right. So basically they need a little bit of foundation before kind of going to membership. That's what you're saying. Right. Right. You can't really implement your branding on all of these platforms until you know how to create your brand identity. So 
makes sense. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I turned it into a course, kind of switched around some names of things, did, made some backend changes, and did my first big official launch of the course in uh, February of 2019. Okay, well, so it wasn't it wasn't huge, but I did my first. No, but you kept the membership going for is it nine months almost. Yeah, about nine months. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah. And then turned, and then I still kept the membership going, right? But I pulled out that core content and sold that as a course, and then gave people the membership access after they make they go through the yeah. course. So you kind of build out the whole course during that membership, basically. Right, right. So it was actually a really easy way for me to build a course that way because mm-hmm. I didn't have to build it all ahead of time and then sell it. <laughs> I just got people into the membership and built it with them over right. by week by week, and then. After two months, I had an eight-week course essentially built that all, and then I just kind of repackaged it up, mm-hmm. and now it's a standalone course. Yeah, seems a lot less stressful, you know, kind yeah. of just using the whole nine months, putting out content once a time a week. Yes, and instead of trying to binge everything into you know a couple of months. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I could have done it any other way because I was still doing, you know, one-on-one design work pretty much Mm -hmm. three or four days a week and with a family and life and things, you know, everything else that goes on in life. There was no way I could have set aside that much time to create a course without um, getting paid at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could quickly lead to a burnout. Yes. Yes. So then this year I officially had it as a course and I launched it as a standalone course in February and then um, using the same exact model. I've always used the five-day challenge into the course and I did it again in April and then I just did it again last week. Yeah. Okay. So if you look at, you know, doing that, well, the first launch actually was done in earlier this year and then you kind of did one in the middle and then one at the end. What what has changed during those three launches? Um. So the first one I did I did run some ads, but I did not put those ads out until just a few days before the challenge started. Okay. And so I didn't have as many people in the launch, in the challenge. I only had about, I don't know, 300 or so people in there, maybe. I don't remember the exact number, but around 300 people, maybe 250. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was just a smaller launch. So basically the only difference over the past, the three launches this year was the size. So I had a small one in the early, at the beginning of the year. And then the April one was went really, really well. I started ads about three weeks ahead of time. Got my ad, uh, got my challenge participants super, super engaged inside of my pop-up. So that was the other thing I did. The mood board challenge group that I always had for the first couple times I ran it, I had kept that open as a free group. Okay. And last year I decided to close it down because I couldn't keep up with a free group and my students. Mm-hmm. So I closed it down and now I only pop it open when I'm getting ready to run a challenge. So do you pop up the same one or do you just... Yes, I keep the same group because that way all the new people that come in can look back and see what everybody created mm-hmm. in the previous challenges. And it's really, I mean, it's a very visual group. There's hundreds of mood boards in there and it's a fun group to go back and look at the old stuff. And all of the actual challenge lessons and content are not delivered in the group. They're delivered on a separate platform. So the group is only for engagement and sharing. They have a separate login on Member Vault to actually log in to each day of the challenge. So by keeping the same group open and closed, it's not like I'm giving away anything. They still have to wait until the challenge to actually get the instructions. Right. 
So yeah, so now I have the pop-up group. In the April challenge, I had about three weeks of engagement. Everyone was just really getting to know each other. I do prompts every day mm-hmm. leading up to the challenge. So even before the challenge starts, I have like this 10 days of you series where every day is a different prompt and it's a question for them to answer about their personality, their likes, their dislikes, and everybody comments on those. And so everybody starts to get to know each other and um, it just becomes a really fun community. And they're all very like engaged and getting to know each other before the challenge even starts, which I think is a huge contributing factor to the success of the launch. And do you see that a lot of the previous people that done the mood board challenge before is engaged with the new people as well? Or um, That's a great question. Not tons. There are a few that will pop their head in or a few mm-hmm. that will come and join the challenge again because maybe they're rebranding or doing something different or whatever. I see more participation from the old challengers towards the end when I go into the the official open cart. So we go mm-hmm. through the five-day challenge, and then after the five days, I announce the course. And that's when I get a lot of my course alumni who are still right. in, they're in both groups. They're in my course group and they're in my challenge group. They will come in and kind of give a testimonial or share, you know, the results that they got. By going. Oh, that's great. Yeah. There's no better way to get, you know, information from yeah. the, the course is so great. Yeah. So the social proof is there. And then, and then after, you know, a, a week of opening the cart, then everybody, and then I close down the check the pop-up group and whoever joins me, joins me inside of the course. Right. So what happens during that launch? Uh, I guess it's a week of launch, maybe. Yeah, so this time, I've done it a little bit different, like I said, each time. This past one, I did five-day challenge, which was Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. And I gave them the weekend to get caught up. Okay. And then on Sunday night, I was going to open the cart on Monday morning, but I guess I was just too excited to wait until Monday, and I opened <laughs> it Sunday night. So then the cart was open from Sunday night until Thursday at midnight. And it was just a series of emails and continuously engaging with them inside of the group. People were still coming in and finishing the challenge during the open cart. So I was still having to be commenting and replying and engaging with every single person that came through. It was a lot of work this time. There was 1,800 people that went through it. And I think I was up to about 30,000 comments and posts and reactions in the group over the, in the month of September. And I had to pretty much comment on every single one of them. Um, and you do all this by yourself. I have a VA who helped, oh, okay. who helped me with it. She's my like community happiness coordinator. Right. So she helped me with it. And then I also had one other person who's gone through my program before. She helped me a little bit as well. But I will say that I was excited to have them help me. But I still felt like I needed to be commenting. You feel like, yeah, if your face is on the brand, so you feel like you have to step in there and kind of... Yeah, like I couldn't, I didn't want anyone to feel like I did wasn't paying attention to them. Right. So I was in there a lot, like comment. But I mean, if we're thinking a little bit ahead of, you know, into the future, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, this can't continue because this is going to get out of hand. Right. And that's why I will say that this last launch... Um, I had 1,800 people go through it, and I pushed for that number. Like, I pushed to mm-hmm. get 2,000, so I knew my data from my previous launches. I knew how much I had to spend on ads to get that many people in mm-hmm. in order to get the conversions that I thought I that I wanted. 
but actually that's not what happened. So I had almost double the people in the launch and not double the conversion. Okay. So my conversion percentage actually went down from the April launch. So in April, I only had a thousand people in the challenge and I signed up only five less people than I did this past launch. Hmm. That's interesting though. I think because it was smaller, it was maybe a little bit more personal and people had a little bit more of a connection and maybe they felt it was too massive. Um, so I'm debriefing this week on everything to try to figure out really what went wrong. But what I do know is that the next time I launch it, if I launch it live again, which I'm, this might actually turn into an evergreen program, as I focus on a few other of my courses and programs that I have kind of coming up in 2020, I may turn it evergreen so that people are kind of coming in all the time. Or if I do another big live launch, I will not push for 2000 people. I'll probably go back to just trying to get a thousand people into it. Because more people doesn't mean, I mean, you need to do a hell of a lot more work this time around, even though, you know, you didn't get those conversions. So what's the point? Right. I did a lot more work this time. And I also spent double in ads. Yeah. And I only, my revenue was only a couple thousand dollars more. Yeah. So I actually, my profit was less this time without more work, more people, more overwhelm, more burnout. (laughs) less. So, so I will definitely go back and uh, I don't think the launch needs to be as big. Right. But yeah, I'm thinking uh, maybe evergreen could be the way to go because then you kind of have people coming in at a, you know, steady pace. So it's easier to keep up with. And I mean, it's not like this has to be done within those five days that you are there and, you know, people can be, I mean, it's just five days of challenge. So people will be different stages, but it's not that much that we can't, you know, people can't relate to it. And kind of the discussions inside a Facebook group won't go off the rails just because. Right. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out is if I, if I put it on evergreen and I have it still be a five day challenge, do I keep that group open all the time and let people just kind of come through and post whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever they're working on each day, or I may just, I don't know if I'm going to keep the Facebook group or I'm still trying to figure that out. It might just be, um, I might even turn the challenge into a webinar. Mm -hmm. Or a five day or a five part video series that they can binge on. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of my post launch. You know. Yeah. Analyze what worked, what didn't work, and how to move forward. How do you feel about this launch? Then you know, since it obviously didn't go as well, although we, you know, it's still a good launch, but you know, the numbers didn't add up like the last one did. So how do you feel about that? Um, I still feel really good about it. I have a great group of people that joined the course mm-hmm. who I'm really excited to work with. Um, my final numbers were 46 people enrolled mm-hmm. in the course, which is about two and a half percent conversion on that 1800 list. Yeah. I am excited to work with them. I felt really good during the launch. I got amazing feedback from them. I do a, at the end of the five days, I give them a survey to fill out just to get their thoughts and their feelings, how they were feeling before the challenge, how they were feeling after the challenge, what what else they want to learn, any other thoughts, that kind of thing. And all of the comments and responses were positive. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved, they commented on how um, they were you know, so impressed with how engaged I was with everyone and how you know, how I was there kind of all, they couldn't believe how I managed to comment right. on everybody. If they only knew how much time and effort you yeah. put into that. So that made me feel good. Yeah. It feel, you know, I did enjoy it. I enjoy getting to know them and I enjoy seeing them all like get lit up with the vision for their branding. 
it was just a, t- a little too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But it was still fun for me, and it was. St- I don't have any regrets about doing it. I'm glad that I did it, and um, and now I have this, you know, this experience compared to the last yeah. experience. Exactly, you learned something from it, you know. Right, right. I definitely learned from it, and I uh, can use that, you know, what I've learned, and use that for the next one. Exactly. Yeah, but you also do. I don't know if you actually launched this or not. I'm not. Yeah, you did the intensive, the day intensive. Um, course that you're doing. Yes. So that's what I probably will be focused on um, majority of next year. So, um, Because you did launch that earlier this summer, was um, it? Or past summer? I did a beta launch in July. July, right. The only way I do design work now is through one-day intensives. And that, I switched to that last year when I had this membership and I was starting to get paid monthly for the membership. Mm-hmm. It gave me freedom in my schedule to only book clients like one a uh, couple days a week. And I got really good at the system of getting clients booked one day a week and being super efficient with that one day and getting a lot of work done in one day, whether it was a brand design or a website design or a course setup or whatever. And so um, over the past like six months or so, I've gotten a lot of questions from other designers wanting to know how I structure my one day intensives. Mm-hmm. I took the summer off sort of, (laughs) but I decided with all that extra time that I would um, launch this beta course for designers who wanted to learn how to structure a one-day intensive so that they could also, you know, double their revenue and cut their work hours in half, essentially, is what I did. Um, So I had, so I just emailed my whole list and asked if anybody was interested in learning about this to jump on my wait list. Mm -hmm. I did that in July, the beginning of July. And I had about 75 people on the wait list and, um, you know, emailed them a few times, asked them what they wanted to learn. So I was basically getting all their questions throughout the month of July so that I could properly prepare an offer for them. Okay. So you just basically asked them if this was, you had an idea, is this something that you'd be interested in then starting asking questions around it and then. And then I used their questions to create the sales page and essentially create the content. So I answered all their questions through the course and, but I used their language from the questions they asked me via email to come up with the sales page. Mm -hmm. So I created a sales page, very bare bones. Like I didn't go crazy with designing it. I kept it really simple because it was only those list of 75 people. I didn't want to put everything into it. I just wanted to kind of get it out there and see how, you know, how many people were interested. I would have been happy with 10 10 people, right. and I ended up with 15 designers, mostly designers. There were a few people who actually are not designers, but still wanted to learn how to offer one-day intensives in their business model. So copywriters, one person was an events planner. So I yeah, so I opened the cart up for that. I just think I did like a three-day open cart and had 15 people enrolled. Mm-hmm. And dripped that content out one week at a time over six weeks. Okay. I think five or six. Actually, I dripped it out over four. It was six modules that I dripped out over four weeks. So basically the month of August. So I, I built it up and got people excited about it in July. I launched it at the very end of July. And we kicked off like August 4th. And we were done. We wrapped up by the end of the month. And it was, it was incredible. Like I loved working with them because I I could see myself in them a few years ago. And so I really, really enjoyed working with designers and helping them structure this new offer that will help them to get out of the feast or famine cycle. 
that designers so often end up in. So, so that was great. But then I had to kind of put that, I had to cut them off at the end of August so that I could gear up for this um, Simple Brand Academy launch in September. And now here we are. And um, it's time to just kind of assess everything over the past few months and plan for. A week. Yeah, you had a kind of busy couple of months, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of one thing right after the next. So I'm excited to take this month. As someone else uh, just told me, she said, you need the month of October just for your headspace. <laughs> and, uh, right. and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Just kind of, yeah. you know, journal about everything and write it all out, figure out what what worked, mm-hmm. what didn't work, and, you know, what steps I want to take for my next launch. Yeah. What I'm going to put on Evergreen, what I want to do live and go from there. Yeah, exactly. Well, it seems like uh, in one intensive, one day intensive launch was a little bit lighter, easier. It was so easy. And it was, it was so, I just, I don't know. It just felt very much like in alignment because I was speaking to people who understood, we under, we understand each other's language because again, I was them not too long ago. And I, I was able to switch, you know, my business model and get out of being what they're going through right now. And so it was very easy for me to talk to them at their level so they could understand how I could help them. So what was I going to say? Yeah, it was an easy launch too, because it was, it was basically I sent an email to my list. So if you're interested, hop on this wait list. And within a week, there was you know 75 people on the wait list. And then um, just a few emails asking them for their, you know, their questions for me. And there was no launch event. There was nothing. It was actually like an email launch event where I gave them one email a day for three days saying, okay, in order to validate if you are right for this business model, there's three steps you need to assess. And I basically each day I gave them one of the steps. And so by the end of the third day, they knew, okay, I'm ready for this. Yes, I can do this. And then the next day I opened the cart and gave them the sales page and said, if you're ready for this, if you went through those three steps and you validated that this is a good fit for you, then here's what your next step is and come join me. And I didn't do any, I did no Facebook lives. I never do Facebook lives on any of my launches. Um, it was just all through email and I didn't even have a Facebook group for that for that summer beta launch. It was just email me if you have questions and let's talk. And there was a lot of, um, you know, DMs and PMs and, and that was how I launched it. Awesome. Well, sounds yeah. great. Yeah. you have any last tips for anyone trying to launch? We are, you know, using a challenge maybe or. Um, yeah. So for, well, for both of those different styles of launch. So the challenge I think it's important to have a plan for um, the best thing is when you're getting people in, you're getting people into your challenge ahead of time. You want to engage with them Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. You don't want them just sitting in there because they're going to lose interest and then they're not going to keep up with the challenge. And if you do a daily post every day, as of right now, like the way the Facebook algorithms work is they're seeing those daily posts and give them something to comment on or respond to because the more they do that, then the more Facebook is going to show them your group feed and you're going to get more people in and you're going to get more people excited and engaged. And it's going to be a big, fun, exciting challenge. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a plan for every day getting people in, then like I said, they might forget about it. They might not be as excited to go through it and they're not going to get to the end. And if they don't get to the end, then there's a lot less chance that they're going to join. Yeah. 
Right. And then um, for the beta launch, for that, I mean, if you have a small list, you can, because it was only 75 people, but I converted 20% of them. So it was a huge conversion rate. So if you have a small list, you know, my advice would be to just get personal with them, send them messages, send them emails, personal emails. You don't even need to use your, your, um, you know, your CRM or whatever, any kind of automated software, just email them, talk to them, find out what they want and solve their problems. Awesome. All right. And if people want to learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you? Um, They can find me at brackenhousebranding.com. And I'm also on Instagram at Brackenhouse Branding. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, If they want to sign up for the next Mood Board Challenge, they can find that at moodboardchallenge.com as well. Great. We'll put that in the show notes so they make sure that they can find it and uh, find where you hang out. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. This is fun. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.